Today's episode is being sponsored by Kingsley 1945 watches. To check out the Kingsley 1945 collection, go to www.amitdevhonda.com and click on the Kingsley 1945 collection on the upper right-hand corner. On today's episode, I want to talk about the triumphant return of Breitling watches. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What's going on there, watch fans? It's Amit Dave Honda, and welcome to my podcast. Uh, today, I want to talk about the triumphant return of Breitling watches. Now, I had the opportunity to sell Breitling watches roughly between uh, 1996 and 2007, and I'm talking about in a retail capacity. I still sell them today uh, in my own business. I broker them for my personal and private clients um, and Clients, of course, who visit my website and so on and so forth. Anyone basically looking for a Breitling that contacts me, I have access to Breitlings from authorized Breitling retailers um, at slightly better pricing than retail. Um, so the journey began in 96. Um, I was always a huge Rolex fan. For me, value is paramount. Um, even though Rolexes were expensive, uh, they had a much better resale value. And I was always really drawn to that, but I was also drawn to the iconic style and design of Rolexes more than I was Breitling. Now, Breitling is no slouch. They've been around since 1884. Uh, they've been a family business. Um, they're independent. They were an independent brand till 2018 when they were sold off to uh, a group um, that owns Formula One. Now, the thing about Breitling in the last, I'd say, 10 years, more or less, uh, I'd say before 2017, you know, from 2007 when I left till about 2017, Breitling was kind of in a, I don't know, they were kind of in a holding pattern. They didn't have the relevance they had once when I was in retail because they were fierce competitors to Rolex. The family business I was in, we carried both brands and we were one of the biggest Breitling dealers in the country and one of the biggest in the world. So it was an important brand for us, but I was never personally vested in the brand. I was very close to some of their sales reps, um, had a lot of fun, went on some great dinners. Uh, Breitling always threw the most kick-ass events in, in Basel World, uh, where they debut their latest collections and stuff uh, every year. Uh, they, would, they were so hot at one point that they would throw a party every night for a million dollars. That was, and these parties were incredibly cool. They were very pushing the envelope, um, not to get too off track, but just to give you an example, um, they like made their retailers go on buses to this abandoned style warehouse. And then they had this like theme that you were kind of like being captured um, with potato sacks over your head. And then, um, they took you into this area and when they released the, you know, and, and, and while they're putting the potato sacks on your head, people are shouting. There's, you know, like, I think fake, fake ammunition going on or sounds of guns. And it was, it was all this hostage style takeover. And when they, you know, released you uh, into this area, it was this, the most decadent, lavish party I've ever seen where you had 
cocktails being administered through syringes in martini glasses and half naked women being you know painted serving you hors d'oeuvres and so on and so forth it was just amazing um and i have a lot of respect for what breitling has done um as a brand and their place in the watch realm um never you know like the brand enough to own a watch i definitely won when i was in retail i did win uh, a breitling every now and again because um, these watch companies would throw spiff programs where you sell so many products, you, you're able to get, you know, one of their watches at a certain price point free of charge. Um, and I ended up just either trading it for a Rolex or selling it or whatever, but never really had enough interest in their brand to own the piece and wear it. But I always liked the Navitimer. I all, their, their, their models, the Navitimer, the Super Ocean, I always liked the emergency. Um, I always loved the bullet bracelet. It was this bracelet that, you know, the links look like bullets and very, very, very cool. Just, you know, I mean, they're an aviation brand. They're known for aviate, they're aviator watches. They have their place in history. They're very much respected. But when I was in retail, you know, as I was leaving the retail environment in 2007, till about 2017. I think they just got incredibly expensive for what they were. Um, they weren't using their own in-house movements really till you know maybe a couple of years ago where they developed the B01 movement. Um, so they were basically using like Valju movements and Eta movements and they were charging an arm and a leg for those things. And I just feel like because every model looked the same and they were available everywhere, you could buy them at Costco, you could just I mean, it got so ridiculous that the market value on Breitlings was like 10 cents on the dollar. Now, George Kern, who's, you know, of IWC and Tag Heuer fame, he's responsible for, you know, making IWC what it is. Uh, before that, he had a little something to do with, you know, the success of Tag Heuer. Um, in 2017, he was called to upon to become the CEO of Breitling and you know he's a visionary he's a genius he's you know got real talent and knows how to turn brands around that's his specialty and honestly speaking I mean it's amazing what George Kern has done in four years um, he's turned it into a different brand he's completely redesigned the models I was speaking about earlier the you know, the, including the Chronomat, um, the Avenger, the Navitimer, the Professional Series. Um, there's the new Premier Series. There's the new Top Time Series that he brought in. Um, I mean, which are, you know, throwbacks or inspired by watches from their history. Um, and they're being taken seriously by collectors and talked about. And not just that, they're pieces that people actually want to own um, and it's really impressive what he's been able to do in such a short period of time I have you know this is the triumphant return of Breitling because I'll tell you I wasn't sure where the hell it was going you know um, it was just really stale and it was just really sleepy and it didn't have any life in it and you know I mean George Kern took those medical paddles that you use to revive people 
um, when they're dying and he injected it into the brand and was able to bring it to a different level, bring it to a point where people actually have taken it seriously again. And that's really amazing. Now, I always, you know, I, I always had kind of like a love, strongly dislike relationship with Breitling. It was never my cup of tea. Um, but, you know, I can always respect and admire from afar, regardless of whether I like a brand or not. I can definitely give props where props are due. Um, I mean, there's still work to do on the brand, but like he's also been able to like, you know, have the company go go green by having you know their boxes are now made out of this these like bottles that are plastic bottles so he's you know done his part in in preserving you know the environment and you know as we're going into a digital culture you know like before i mean of course with fine watches the whole appeal the box thing became a really big deal over the last 10 years where you bought an expensive watch or even a mid-level watch and you got this nice wooden box and it was huge and had all this paperwork and cloths and loops and all these things. And he's literally minimized the box that so that it's collapsible and still cool and still durable and still does what it's supposed to do. And it saves a lot of space and it's just an amazing thing to bring a brand into the future with with something like that and I gotta tell you it's very impressive I mean and I knew I knew George Kern was the man who could do it because of his track record but honestly I did from time to time I did have my doubts that's why I waited till now to kind of you know do this podcast because I wanted to wait and see until you know, he had accomplished a couple of things within the collections and incorporating new collections and, you know, bringing back the bullet bracelet. I mean, that that in itself to me is such a big deal. And, you know, the price points are pretty good. I mean, there's still some things that I think are a little spendy, but for the most part, I think the price points are competitive, you know, with Rolex and Omega. Um, but I feel like Breitling has that place again. They have that you know, appeal again. They have that, they're being talked about in watch forms and, you know, just in general. I think people are starting to talk about Breitling again and, and starting to have respect for them. And I think a lar a very large part, obviously, is due to George Kern and the direction he's taken the brand to. And, you know, it's just uh, only time will tell how it further evolves. But for now, this is truly one of the greatest comebacks in watch history. And I strongly urge you, if you're interested in a Breitling, to check out the Breitling website and to contact me at amitdevhonda at gmail.com. You can visit my website at www.amitdevhonda.com. And until next time, rock on, fly back, and stay healthy.
to to 